0: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Tun, 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 tun. Let's get you guys in here. Make sure you guys can all hear me. You guys know what it is. My name is Gil. This is the American Troller Podcast. And today we got a, another banger for you. Today we got the homie here. Let me put on my banner real quick so you guys can see this stuff. We got big big George Salazar in the house. Mr. Wedo from Barrio Sueños Malditos in Sanjo. Let's add him onto the stream. All right, what's going on, George?
1: What's
0: up, Gil? Another beautiful day, homeboy. Another beautiful day in the heart. Let me make sure everybody's tapping in. You hear yeah, me real quick. Right. I don't, I don't want to go on for two hours and, and then figure out that I don't have this thing public. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what's good, homie? How, how's it going out there?
1: It's pretty good, man. You know, today I had a beautiful day cleaning my backyard. You know, it feels good to clean your house. And then you stop and look at it like, damn, that's
0: right. You know? That's that's right, brother. So you've been around now. You're doing, you're doing the... Um, you're doing the hold on let me get this out of here so I don't see these comments' we'll be the better you've been out doing the rounds right on um, on YouTube and sharing your story so before we even get started widowdo let me ask you why are you going around telling your story first of all
1: um two main reasons the first time that I shared my story I got a hold of uh, flaco flaco from um um st- Stories written by a current prisoner. I got a hold of him. And um, I heard him saying a spill on on upstate Suraños. And they heard their stories from their homeboys. And um, I guess they never heard a story from a Suraño from up there. Right. You know? And I wanted to share my story, how we started, why we became Suraños. Because a lot of people say, like, why are they trying to be like people from L.A.? You know, and we're not. We never tried right. to be like nobody. We just started banging Sur 13 because that's something that the Norteños hated. And we found out they didn't like Sur. We found out they didn't like Trece. And they were oppressing our, uh, the Paisos, the Mexicans. And um, we just started banging that because of that. And um, that was one of the main reasons why I want to share my story. And the, 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 the second reason, the main, main reason is because I fell into that pattern, into a lifestyle, into that web with a different mentality, and um, I never knew the consequences that were going to come with it. And when I realized it, I was already doing prison time, and um, I was able to get out of the lifestyle. I was able to walk away from it in good standing and do something productive with my life. Okay. That's so something I want to so, share.
0: So, yeah, so let's let's start now from the beginning. Uh, where were you born and raised at, Widow?
1: I was born in Mexico. Okay. And, and I was raised in San Jose. They brought me here when I was about a year and a half. They trajeron San Jose when I was a year and a half, and um, and uh, my family came here in the late '70s, early '80s, and they brought me here on '83, '84, right? And um, yeah, I was raised in San Jose, California.
0: Okay, so you're there at San Jose, California. When did you really start? kind of realizing that there was gangs in San Jose. Did it take you a while or did you guys grow up in that area?
1: We grew up in a gang infested area and it was mainly Norteños. But okay. my uncles, my uncles, I started seeing gang activities when I was around eight years old. I had two uncles that were into lowrider cars. They, they used to like painting cars and, um, they used to paint cars for, for their homeboys and lowrider bikes and all that stuff. Right. But my uncles had barely came from Mexico as well. And, um, I remember the first time I seen a gang activity and gang violence was right there in my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. We, we all lived there. All my tios and tias and primos, we all lived cramped up in the house, right in the early 80s, 80, mm-hmm. 85, 86. And I remember seeing a a, a rock with the red paño tied around it. Boom! Just flew into our living room. And there was a rock with the red paño tied in, and there was uh, screaming scrapas, and bags, and it was a whole bunch of nortenos, you know, picking up my uncles and um.
0: Now were your uncles were were your uncles gang-related at the time or they were just like low rider guys?
1: They were not gang gang related at all. And, okay. Uh, they just like the low rider bikes and um and the low, low rider cars. They they saw that. And my uncle has talent. He, too, right now they own two two body shops. So um they, they painted the cars and they were doing stuff for the low rider bikes and the, and their 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 friends that they lived around the block, but most of their friends spoke Spanish and they were Mexicans and um they didn't even bang at all. They just we're getting picked on.
0: Now, do you think these guys believe they were Southsiders, or do you think they were just kind of bullying them because uh, they weren't Norteños?
1: Um, I mean, that's a question I would like to ask them. But Right. I, I believe it's a little bit of both. One, okay. they knew they were different. They were not like them. And two, they were going to bully them because they could, you know?
0: Right. Okay, so now you you get your first experience with that as a as a little kid, right? Typically, and I don't know if that's your case, but typically what happens is once you hit about the junior high era is when you kind of start dabbling with gangs and dealing with them more on a personal level. Is that the same thing with you?
1: Exactly what happened to me when I went to sixth grade. Uh, there was already six, seven, and eighth graders, right? And uh, I I see all these little nortenos. They, they were uh, back in the days in the nine in the early nineties the nortenos and I don't say they used to dress with Ben Davis, Cortez's, and um, um, Ochoa out, and I would see them punk on the on the paisas the paisas that were coming from Mexico that didn't speak Spanish. I would see them in scraps, wetbacks, and um, and I was like, and I would see them wearing red paños. And I was like, these are the same guys that were throwing red paños on okay, my own. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. And I was
1: like, so these motherfuckers are the ones. So I started having hate towards them. And I said to myself, I'm gonna gather up all these spices right here, and uh, we're gonna get these fools. We're gonna get them. So that's when it started. That's how it all started.
0: Now, how, now, how many spices did you guys did you guys get together? I mean, how did you approach the guys?
1: I approached the guys because I would see them get spit on and, and uh, stuff like that, you know. And I would go and talk to them and I'd be like, Hey, don't be letting these motherfuckers do that to you, you know. And they would be like, No, pero es que son bien muchos y se aprovechan. And I would tell them, this word, it got my back, and this one got my back. So we're going to get these guys, you know? And they were like, all right, right. And I gathered like 30 paisas. But 30, none of them were down because they weren't into that. But there was like five (laughs) solid ones, you know? Yeah. At that time, that's all I needed. I'm like, as long as I have five solid guys, vamos, no recio. And... um, would get at it, By the time I was in eighth grade, I was already in the gang. We had formed a gang. I had my primos, a primo that was uh, two years older than me. And uh, the street that I lived on, there was uh, across the house from my house, there was a house, there was like six brothers. And next to their house, there was another house that had primos and brothers, like about eight of them. And in that little block, I still remember the day that they formed the barrio, I, I was 12 years old. And all these other guys were like 14, 13, 14. And we're trying to look for the name, and we're like, Barrio this, Barrio that. And we ended up with doing a Barrio Sureño Mexicanos, right? Because we were Mexicanos, and we knew that the Norteños hated Sur. So we're like, okay, we're going to call it Sureños Mexicanos. And we're going to throw the 13 on it, too. So it was Barrio Sureño Mexicanos 13, <laughs> you know? And uh, we started forming it. And um, next thing you know, um, the same story that was happening to me in that middle school, it was going on around other middle schools and high schools. Okay. So a lot of pockets from uh, Surenos were forming up all over San Jose. And um, I would go to Juvenile Hall and I would come across one or two Surenos there. And we would start clicking up. Hey, we live over here on the east side, Well, we live on the west side. And we'll start just starting to click up, organize. You right. know? And um, next thing you know, um, we just start getting deeper now, and deeper.
0: Now, when you guys took on. The Sureño name, the Trece name, I'm sure you guys had really no clue what it was. All you guys knew that the Norteños didn't like it. Is that what it was? You guys didn't, like, you guys weren't talking to anybody from L.A. or anything like that, right?
1: Not at all. I didn't even know anybody from L.A. I didn't even know what surmets. I didn't even know what Trece <laughs> right. means. I didn't <laughs> right. know. I didn't know. I had to learn it little by little. I found out what the Trece means, what the S-U-R stands for, what the three dots. Man, I started learning all that after, you know, but... um. All I knew is that I hated a certain group. That's all I knew. And I knew that they sported red, that they banged Norte, that they banged 14. And I knew what they hated. So I wanted to throw it all up on their face, what they hated, you know. And I wanted to gather up a group and and let them know, hey, man, you can't be doing this shit to us. We're going to turn around. And that's how it started.
0: So, so when when because uh, I'm sure at first some of these guys thought nah, these guys are a fucking joke they're not a real gang because you know you got more established gangs that's anywhere when was the time that I that you you guys probably put your stamp down where these guys know fuck these guys ain't playing around but they're for real
1: Yeah um, I think it was mid 90s like around 95 okay and, and
0: 95
1: it was just uh, probably like, right, 94 I say 94 95. Right by that time, there was already like at least 10 barrios, and um, and um, in in all those barrios, they had at least uh, 30 to 40 heads each barrio, de surenos. Okay, those 30 or 40 heads, they all had at least five or ten solid motherfuckers that didn't give a shit. They were like, Fuck it, we that, we that. That's
0: usually how it is,
1: that's how it was, you know, and that's all we needed at the time, so. They started taking it serious when it would be um, Cinco de Mayo weekends and all the Suraños from San Jose would gather up and say, Pum, pum, at tal hora tal dia, all the Norteños are gonna be a certain area. We're just gonna creep up on them. And, and we would go to, to places where they would gather, gather up. There was this famous place on, on Story and King in San Jose. Anybody who's familiar with San Jose and the Story and King it was cruising night, Boulevard nights. So they would post up on a 7 Eleven. And uh, there were the low-rider cars that would be deep right there. But next to 7-Eleven, there was a little school that was called Miller. And we would gather up right there, like 50, 60 heads deep. And we would come out of the cuts and just start bombing on these guys with bats, chains, bricks. We would um start breaking their windows on their cars, getting on their cars, uh, ripping their, their seats. And uh, we, we would get down with them. And it was big old riots. And I think that that's when they started seeing, mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, these motherfuckers are... Our series, like they, they ain't playing around. So they started shooting at us. Boom, 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 boom. So we're like, hey, we got to step up our game too. We started getting straps and everything. And next thing you know, like by 96, 97, there was people, bodies getting dropped from both both sides.
0: Wow, yeah. So that, that's when you started seeing the gunplay really kick up in San Jose in like the mid-90s.
1: Yeah, mid-90s. By, by the time, 97, 98, it, it was uh, shooting. And by 97, 98... There was not as many norteños walking around with the red panos hanging or their Mongolians. Because in right. the early 90s, you would see them everywhere with the with their Mongolians in the back of their head or, or the red panos or the red belt or all flamed up. They would walk around like nothing. It was something normal to see in San Jose. Right. But by the midnight, like 97-98, that changed. Because when we would see them like that, we would get off the cars and, and do what we had to do, drop a body take him out, beat him up, rush him, whatever. And um, they would do the same thing to us, you know. But now they were aware. They were like, oh, shit, it's not that easy anymore to carry a rare upon you without getting jumped, right. without getting shot, without getting stabbed.
0: Now, were you guys also pushing? Because from what I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the guys, the Southsiders from, from uh, up north, upstate homies, I don't know. If, first of all, is upstate homie disrespect for you guys? Because that's what I put on the thing, and that's usually what we would call you, I guess, refer to you guys.
1: Or upstate no, Surenios. Like it's, it's not the respectful at all. it's a name that was put out there to us, and and uh, the homies embraced it. They they embraced it upstate. I guess it shows a different from uh, down south sureños, you know. Because I agree, we are different. We we started right. different. Our gang banging in the, for, uh, up north is way different than Southern California. I mean, right. over here we don't we don't we didn't gang bang against Surenios, and um, we always gang bang only against the Nortenos and and, and that
0: was Now, now is that true to, the, to today? You guys don't bang against other Southsiders out there, or is that has that changed in the years?
1: That changed. That changed. The no. sureños were in too deep, and that's a story that happens all the time amongst yep. us, amongst Mexicans. Once we get a little bit of power, yep. once we're strong, we start self-destructing. We start yes, sir. Destroying ourselves. Yes, sir. And that changed. That changed in the in the in the late, early two thousands. I seen it. I seen it happen. I lived it. I myself took over a Suraño barrio. My barrio. We took over a Sureño barrio. We 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 smashed on them. We rushed them. We disappeared them out of the map. That we took but, over the territory. But
0: but looking back on that, Weddle, isn't that they're not saying you're hypocrite or anything. Your homies are, but isn't that a little bit hypocritical of us? I'm saying us as as, as brown men that you guys started off against the oppression of the northern guys that were. Picking on you guys in school, and now you guys are doing the same thing to another hood that's supposed to be banging the same thing you're supposed to be banging.
1: Exactly. Nowadays I think about it, that's what I'm saying. I think about it, I'm like, oh shit, the damn story just <laughs> keeps on repeating itself.
0: Yes, yes, you sir. Know?
1: I mean, if you hear the norteños how why they started, they 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 say the same thing because they're getting oppressed. Yeah. Yes, and absolutely. Then, um, yeah, and then you hear the stories from the upstaters, upstate Sureños, and why? Because we were getting oppressed. And and then we ourselves, Surenos, ourselves, say, eh, started taking over another hood for whatever reason it was that we had the conflict with this barrio. Um uh, one little thing sparked it up to where like, okay, motherfuckers, we're gonna show you who we are and we're gonna take you out of this barrio, and we're taking over. And we did. And 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 we, were, we became the bully as well. We right. became the persons that we hated. We right. became them because now we going have power to- now.
0: Now, now going back to the mid-90s, when it – 96, 97, you said the gunplay is going high. And I was referring to my, my original question. Do you guys, upstate homies – because I know for a oh, – I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure by seeing the internet and everything else, Norteños would be flamed out. Like, you guys would really play that color card very hard. Would you guys in your neighborhood play that color card very hard? Because down here, yeah, homies wear a little bit of blue here and there. But it wasn't – to me, when I see north and south fighting up there – it's almost like a Crip or Blood type thing where you guys really represent that certain color. Were, were, were you like that when you were young?
1: Yes, that was the main thing. We wanted to sport the blue as much as we could. We wanted to sport the sur and the Trece as much as we could, our barrios. Um, we had our, Everybody up here has their three dots on their, on, their, on their hands, on their face. You know, the homies started bl- blasting big with one threes on the back of their heads. Um, sur on their eyebrow. Um, blue paños. Uh, our cars were blue that was the main thing. We're like, we're, we're going to throw it in their face what they hated, you know, and that was the plan. We're going to throw it in your face what you hate and we're going to bust your eyes, you know, and, um, I mean, right now, it sounds like, you go to the mall and, or you, down the street, you see the, the homies all it up, you know, or, or tattoos on their head.
0: Now, do you guys bang Sanho? also? Is that, you guys rep that?
1: Yes. We embraced that in the, in the mid-90s as well, oh. in the mid-90s as well, because before it, they didn't. The only thing that we banged was the Barrio and Sur 13. Right. That was it. The Barrio you were from and Sur 13. That's all we banged. But, um, you know, homies started going upstate. And over there, it doesn't matter what barrio you're from. They want to know where you're from, what right. city you're from. So it, it was a conflict with the first homies that went upstate. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the homies had to do something. To in order for us to be able to represent Sanjo. Right. One of the homies went up, upstate. He had a big old San Juan on his chest.
0: Oh, and, shit.
1: Uh, yeah, he had a Sanjo on his chest, and the Norteños were like, they, the Norteños were mad. Right? Of course. So the, 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 the Norteños wanted to get this guy really, really bad, but he was also a Sureño. So the Sureños from down south, they were like, hey, you ain't going to touch this, battle he's, he's representing Sur Trece. So anyway, um, the homies had to take care of some business up in there. In order for us to be able to represent Sancho, and once that that those situ- those things got dealt with, the homies uh, took care of business in there. Then um, everybody's like, "Hey, boom! De quién adelante? Sancho! Everybody represents Sancho. Sanjo. So now everybody from uh, San Jose, we I got Sancho tatted up on me. Everybody right. got the shark logo. Um, that's what we represent, Sanco.
0: Wow. So, so is there? Uh, what would you say? in is now the San Jose is that a, is that a county or is that a city? First of all, it's a city. Okay, now in San Jose, what would you say the makeup of Norteño and Sureño gangs are breaking it into like 100%, 50 50, 60 40?
1: No, right now, still, this is Norteño, San Jose is still dominant by Norteños.
0: Okay, they, now what percentage would you say?
1: They're greater in numbers. They, they have 60% maybe, and I say 65% Norteños, and I say 35% Sureños.
0: Okay, so when when you guys hit the county over there, are you guys separate in the county?
1: Yeah, they segregate us. They they put us in a tank where there's nothing but pure sureños. There's nothing but sureños. They okay,
0: so, so now let's 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 keep going into your story. You're you're 96. Uh, how old are you? Are 96, 97? Um,
1: what, like 13, 14?
0: Okay, so you're a young 14. kid. You're out there banging. When does your neighborhood turn from uh from Barrio reno Mexicans to Barrio Sureño Malditos? I
1: think that happened in, nine, like, 96. In 96, um, there was a lot of barrios in, in San Jose. They all had the Mexicanos or Paisanos title on it. We right. We had a VPLs, which was Barrio Paisano Locos. They sat, they had to switch it up to a Barrio Peligroso Locos. Then we had a VTM, which was Barrio Terreno Mexicano. They had to switch it up to SPV, which is Sureños por Vida. then us and um, they, anybody who had their name under barrio that was Sureño, that had Mexicanos, paisanos, or Latinos had to change the abbreviation because of uh, prison politics. Either you're right. Sureño or you're a Paisa. So gotcha. A lot of gotcha. started going upstate. We had our names with Mexicanos. They were like, "So what are you guys? Are you guys Paisas or are you guys Sureños? Are you gonna say to bang this?" And, and that changed in '96.
0: Hey, so you guys, man, you guys are, are a whole different breed. You guys had to deal, first of all, with being Southsiders up north in San Jose. Then you got to go to the joint and deal with, hey, homie, San Jose is not a Southsider yet. And then you got to deal with, hey, but you guys can't be banging the Mexican parts. You guys got a whole bunch of things you guys got to deal with when you first started off, right?
1: Yeah, it was a whole bunch of things. I mean, when I went to the feds the first time, the same thing. Uh, even with the, with the homies from down south, I remember walking into the, to the pot, and they were like, you're a homie. And I was like, Simon. They were like, uh, where are you from? I was like, Sanko, right? And, they were, and th- there was a little youngster, a little youngster. Uh, he was like about 19, 1920. Tell your mommy. He's like, but ain't Sanko. He knew there were Suranians already. He knew, but because by that time, we were already deep, right? So this right. this was in 2004, 2004, 2005. He was like, but ain't Sanko up north? I was like, yeah, that's way up north, you know? But I told him, but we're banging sur tres up there. And uh, he was trying to give me a little bit of shade, you know. But um,
0: right. I had to
1: deal with that kind of stuff at the beginning, you know. But little by little, the older homies, they would tell me, the older homies from down south, they would be like, hey, don't even trip, little homie. We got your bag. We'll talk to these little youngsters. Because the little youngsters, they would always try to give us that little uh, look at the beginning, you know. But things started changing. Now, I started the last, my last prison term was in 2009. And by that how, time. How,
0: how many times did you go to prison?
1: I went to uh, to the feds once and to prison twice.
0: Okay, so how, how many years are you doing the feds?
1: One. Just okay, one for
0: year. and for what?
1: It's a federal I my legal status. Okay. And at that, and at that time, in this in this lugar, because I, I had they had come me with a weapons and and um, firearms. So right. I had to go over there to fight that case and also my legal status as well. Which I ended up beating, but at wow. that time, they there was a pod where they had people that were sentenced. So you had people that were fighting cases for that, and people that were sentenced for drugs and arms and all that stuff, you know. Right. So I was there for a year.
0: And then, and then, uh, your prison terms—how many years did you do?
1: Uh, they were both eighteen months each.
0: Okay. And how, how was your fir- how was your first prison experience as being a upstate homie?
1: Oh check it out. My first person experience it was cool. Uh I didn't make it out of the reception. I was in all reception right. the whole time. Because usually you go to reception like for three or four you months must. and then they ship you right. out to your place. But at this time the reception was um it was full and they were backed up on shipping people out to their place. And I did my excuse me, I did my all my time in reception in San Quintín. And right there they were sending all the homies from um Northern California. There were Suraños from San Francisco, Napa, Eureka, uh, Sacramento, Richmond. So right there in the reception, it was um, ninety percent homies from upstate, and only ten percent from homies from down south. All
0: right. So and then you get out when you when you okay when you get out of the joint the first time out of the feds, right? How old are you at that time?
1: Twenty four.
0: And what's your mental? What's your mentality? Are you coming out thinking I'm going to do good right now? Are you still not giving a fuck?
1: No, I'm still not giving a fuck. At that time, my mentality was like, all right. And I had more game and more knowledge on, on, on things, right? Because I was hanging around with all, older homeboys, and they were giving me more lecture and how to yeah. organize crime, how to talk to little homies, how to organize, how to recruit. So when I came out in 2004 from the feds, 2004, 2005, I come out with that mentality. Okay, I'm oh. going to organize crime. I'm going right.
0: to
1: get this shit going on. And and um, I had heard that my my barrio was already kind of like slowing down you know right um, and i said fuck that shit once i get out i'm gonna get everybody together So have call up a meeting right call up a meeting gather up everybody and i uh-huh. told each homie that was coming to a meeting i want each one of you guys to bring two vatos with you right? that's right so they all come and they come with two wattos and i told them make sure these vatos are down and i bring them into the meeting and then in that meeting we jumped in like 15 homies in that meeting right we jumped them in the barrio our water is deep and i'm Throwing all these uh, um,
0: rules and regulations.
1: Yeah, rules and regulations. Telling the homies, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Yeah. This, this, and this has to happen. We're gonna take care of the homies that are locked up, and whoop-de-whoop. And we're just organizing crime. So that that's what happened from 2004 to 2009. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy in San Jose. There was I think 2007 was one of the times that there was more. More uh, the the murder rate was the highest. Right. Both sides, the, the, the Norteños were dropping bodies, and the Surenios were dropping bodies as well.
0: So, so, so then, when, so you then you got you you hit a you hit another prison term after that. When did you hit that one? Two thousand nine.
1: No. Uh, yeah, two thousand and nine. Well, I went back to the county for something stupid. Uh, uh, I think I did like six months in the county. I got out, right. and then um uh, in two thousand and, and no, I went to prison three times. I didn't okay. count my my violation. You, you I, forgot I,
0: one prison term.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot my my um my violation. I had a violation in two thousand and seven. Okay. Two thousand and seven. I go on a violation. I did like four months, six, four or five months, something like that. And then uh, from there, I get out, and I organize something else as well. At that time, um, there was no girls in my in my barrio. There was no 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 girls allowed in my barrio. But at that time, two thousand and seven. There was these three homegirls that they were hella crazy. They eran cueteras, and one of them was married to one of the homeboys from the barrio. And I was with my homeboy, Cyclone. He's a lifer. He was doing life, and we were in San Quintin. He was in there for reception. They were going to ship him out to um to another prison, and I was there for the violation. So we were in the cell, and I told me, when I get out, I'm going to get these three highnesses in the barrio, and these highnesses are down, and I'm going to start bringing in highnesses to the barrio. Whatever, you know, I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> thought of that.
0: You're, you're trying to recruit. You're trying to recruit. Oh, boy.
1: trying to recruit. Do whatever I can. So I came out, and I talked to my homeboy. who was married to his wife. And I told him, hey, check it out, man. Your haina's fucking down. She's always over here. Is, puetera la haina. She don't give a fuck. This and that. Hey, mete el barro. He said, oh, Simón Güero. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I told her, let's talk. Let's, la maldita también y la twister. So la maldita la twister, they're fucking crazy as fuck. They don't give a fuck, you know? We need a like that in the barrio. And then they're going to be in charge of the highness we're going to bring in. And the homie was like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So we, we jumped in uh, th- those three homegirls to the barrio. Next, Like a month later, we have like 15 homegirls. Crazy as fuck, you know. And um, yeah, we just started expanding and gangbanging to the fullest. And in, in 2009, um, my, see, this is how organized we were in my barrio. My barrio we had out of all these years, we have had only one dead homie from my barrio. They got killed by the nortenos. Right. Only one. That's it. And so he far died. Far. He died in a shootout. He died right. in a shootout. He went in places of nortenos and Norteños had guns too, so they they, they they shot at each other. There was a big group of nortenos, my homeboys. So they shot him in the eye. He died. But he killed the one norteno. and left two injured before he died. Right. So um, we were we were organized. We. We were always strapped up. Siempre tenemos que estar cuidando el barrio. We're always in the lookout. We had people on the front keeping an eye out. I mean, we were organized, right, in that little barrio we were in. So we now, only now had- how, how, how,
0: was, how was your neighborhood? Uh, describe it for me. Is it apartments? Is it houses? Is it blocks? I mean, how was your neighborhood? How close is your rival's neighborhood or, or other rivals that you got nearby you?
1: So my neighborhood originally started on King and Story. In the heart of the Norteno barrios, all around it, and it was in a little court on a little street called Cortez Avenue, and there's a little school right there. So it's a little right. just a little block, and there's a school on the corner, and that's what we all used to hang out in the night. And th- that little school, in the back, there's big old trees, trailers, and it was dark. So that's what we were all posted up right there, and uh, that's what we would go and kick it and drink and get high and whatever. And uh, we had couches back there. And uh, by the trailers, by, 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 uh, like, uh, containers, they were abandoned containers. So we would go there on the cuts and, uh I mean, um, during the day we would be in, in the, out of the street, just posting right. up right there. But when it would get dark, cause we were doing more illegal activities, like doing drugs and drinking and, and, uh, whatever, cleaning our yeah. guns or whatever, we would go to the dark. Right. Right. And then in, uh, when I, in 2004, we moved to the apartments where I told you we took over the other barrio. Oh, okay. Because a lot of my homies started living in those apartments. And uh, we would always go and kick it there to those apartments. So we would be kicking in the in the parking lots. But there was a little barrio there. There was a little barrio there before. And they started tripping. They were like, hey, everybody thinks this is your barrio. And you guys are trying to take over. Like, Nah, homie, we ain't trying to take over. I mean, a lot of my homies from Water, they're just moving. They moved here. They live here. So we come and kick it here. So one day, these guys started to um, get crazy, and they just drove up on us. And they started throwing rocks and breaking our windows, and they jumped to my homeboys. And me and my homies were like, oh, okay, these motherfuckers getting pedo, okay? Right. And we knew we were going to take him out because we were already strong. We were deep. Estos morros were barely um, starting to, to um, grow, I guess. Right. And, and uh, we smashed on them. We told them, you know what? they say your barrio anymore. This is our barrio. And you know, whenever we see you guys, we're gonna fuck you guys up, and, and and that's what we did. We bullied them. We we took advantage of that.
0: You you know? you know what we're what we're horrible at, Weddle? We're horrible at business skills sometimes when you're gang members. Because if you think about it, you had a, a crew of small guys. Instead of saying, you know what, homie, you guys could be from our body, we'll keep your name, be a clique of us. But instead, we kick them out and make more enemies.
1: That's exactly what we did, and that was a mistake. And uh, yes. it was just that that ego, that pride. Yeah. like You motherfuckers gonna learn and. And, You know, and like you said, if we would have been a little bit smarter, we could have said, "Like, all right, man, hey, you know what? Vengan para, we're gonna, we're gonna fight with you guys together, hombro con hombro, and venga se usar una clica nueva, keep your barrio and unite." But we did it.
0: Now, I, I I know since the original when you started talking, how you said that they would uh, press up on you guys because a lot of you guys were paisas and Mexicans or you know straight coming, maybe first generation coming out here. Now, what percentage of your neighborhood at that time was actually Let's say Mexican speaking only guys.
1: In the early 90s, Mi Barrio empezó en
0: 91.
1: Okay. From 91 to 93, as the first year, 91, I say 90%.
0: Yeah, of course, because that's what you guys were fighting for. 90%. And then, 90%. And, and then like, and how about in uh, 2004 when you came out?
1: 2004, yeah, I don't know, all um, san Chicanos, people that were um, born in San Jose, you know. 2004, the Paisa thing, it wasn't an issue anymore. Now it was, if you were a Chicano, if you were Paisa, now you can choose to be a Norteño or to be a Soreño. It depended what estilo you like, but the thing is, by 2004, the Norteños were, their, their style changed too, because in the 90s, they were Ben Davis, Cortez's, Paños, Pachucos, you know. By t- two thousand and four, they they um uh, they were more black now. They would uh, wear, they would sag their pants, they would use the N word, and their 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 style changed, you know.
0: Right, right. The 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 black culture started taking over a lot. I think. Well, I think maybe in San Jose because I think the and I may be wrong, and I'm sure you know if somebody if I'm wrong, they can correct me. I want to say the Bay Area the Bay Area guys were kind of like that more than anybody else at first, right?
1: Yeah, and um, I didn't see that in the Sorenos until maybe 2016, 2017. Yes, yes, I started Not- seeing the Sorenos do the same thing, sagging their pants using the n word and and
0: dressing, I all like, "Oh shit! I'm glad I'm not." Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's why I find it funny when when uh, homies from down here be talking shit about Nortenos and, "Hey, homie, those bots are like this." And I'm looking at them like, "Oh, your young homies are like that, not too homie." You can't use we, you, we can't use that that card anymore. We're saying the Norteno guys act black because everybody acts a certain point of black as far as young guys, a culture, right? Right. Uh, right. Whether, you're, whether you're north or whether you're south, and and the uh, and even the. Even to this day, you'll hear that from homies down here. But at the same card, you hear from the nortenos. Oh, those were are paisas as far as upstate Sureños. That's right. that, It's it's just a it's just a phrase now they use to keep on fighting. It's unfortunate, man. But uh, getting back to your story, so now you go you go you go to the joint. Let's talk about your last time you went to prison. What year was that? What you get busted for? Two
1: thousand and nine. I got busted on Cinco de Mayo uh, weekend which was because uh, two weeks before that, they had killed my homeboy, the one that told you, Wicked. Okay, I'm yes. From the they killed him in a shootout. He died in a shootout. And um, two weeks before the Cinco de Mayo weekend. So on on May 1st, which was his birthday, we were all in the cemetery. It was Friday night, May 1st. And all the homies were there like, hey, fucking mañana Cinco de Mayo. It's our time to um, show you these, these Norteños what... Uh, well, well, they they fucked up like so now they're gonna uh, pay pay the consequences you know get that run back homie yeah so we knew that cinco de mayo weekend was gonna be a a good day to shoot as many as we could take down as many as we could and we had it planned out you know so the next day on cinco de mayo which was a Saturday uh, that the next day may second we were proceeding as we had planned you know i got my straps i got my i had a 357 revolver Una tres cuadra, three boxes of bullets, and I uh, grabbed my truck, my lady, which is my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, which, which is my wife now. We got in my truck, and um and, um and I picked up a few of my homeboys, their lady, whatever. Like, I that she was gangster as fuck, you know? My homeboy and his lady, <laughs> they're from the water already. I picked up That's homeboys. right. And we go to the this thing on Cinco de Mayo in the fairgrounds in San Jose. And we were gonna dance a little bit, drink a little bit, you know, enjoy our last day. We're like, oh, day. we're gonna die or we're gonna get locked up, you
0: know. <laughs> Fuck yeah.
1: We knew we we're gonna die or get locked up because our plan was to get off and just start shooting, start blasting, and and I told the homies, I'm Este pinche dia, los are gonna bust out their straps too. They 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 know we're coming because yeah, of America, course they knew that we would always come out out of the cuts, so they know we're coming. So be ready because they're going to shoot back. And uh, and if they don't shoot us, if they don't get us, the huda might get us because the, the cops are hot that day too. So we're going to try to get away. But I told them, we're either going to get shot or we might die or we might, we might go to jail or we might make it. We don't know. But fuck it. Lo que va a pasar, va a pasar. I told them, they got the homie wicked. And that was the first and only homie they have, they have killed from a barrio. Right. So when they would kill surrey from other barrios. All the waters were retaliate on the Norteños, you know. But this time to me was personal. It was right. my old dog, my crime partner, somebody I grew up with. I mean, we used to party together. We did a prison time together. And um, the, now this shit was serious. So I was going to try to take out as many as I could. So anyways, we got to the fairgrounds. And uh, I don't even make it in the fairgrounds. The parole agents, they, um, they, um, they approached me. They asked me for my ID. And uh, they saw I was on parole, they saw I was a high-risk gang member, they saw I was under the influence of alcohol already. They found the keys on my truck, they went to my truck, they found my guns, they found the bullets, they found everything. So I, I got locked up, right? They take me to county and uh um I go to prison. They gave me uh 18 months for that, which I was really lucky. Of course. For, for that, um, I was expecting three to five years at least, you know, but um they gave me 18 months and They shoot me to Delano. I was in Delano for a couple of months, like three or four months. I was in Delano for reception. And then from there, they shot me to Salinas Valley. I ended up my time in Salinas Valley. And um, from right there also with a couple of homeboys from San Jose, Sureños. Right. Uh, There there was Norteños from San San Jose too. And uh, I did a big old um, on the because I do tattoos. I did a big song, for one of my homeboys from San Jose, like <laughs> all his back, it's like Sanjo. Right. And um, I mean, I'll, i I just did my time, that's when I came out.
0: So, what was your awakening moment that you came out and started changing your life? Because did you have kids this time?
1: Yeah, I, I already had three kids.
0: Oh shit, and you were still fucking trying to get it.
1: I was still I was stupid, I was lost in that mentality. And, um, right. that, that's, um, and this is my favorite part. And this is, um, uh, something that to share on um, my awakening moment was crazy because I go into in the middle of the night, I wake up to go take a leak. Right. And, um, you know, your toilet and your mirror, they're together. Right. So I'm taking yeah. a leak, but looking at the mirror at the same time. And I see myself and I stop taking the leak and I get in front of the mirror and I'm looking at myself. I can barely see myself because the mirror is all scratched up and everything. I'm looking at myself. And I looked at my, at my surroundings and I said, what the fuck am I doing here?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean.
1: Why am I in a cell with another man? Why am I in this cell de puro cemento? And I said to myself, how the fuck can I be proud of this shit? Ah, oh, shit.
0: Yes. And I yes. said,
1: was there to be proud of to be in a cell with another man have to smell whenever he takes a shit i have to let a ceo tell me when i can go to yard Mm
0: -hmm.
1: let me know what i can buy from canteen and i said my kids are out there i don't know if they ate i don't know if they have a roof over their heads and i said what the fuck and i said hell no fuck this i said when i get out i gotta do something different yes i I had a, a good head on my shoulders I knew I had a good hands to, to build things, to do art, to do construction. I, I said, I got to do something different. I told him yes. Hell no, I don't plan to live my the rest of my life. And I started <laughs> thinking of all this shit and then, um, it brought me back to a moment where in, when I got released in, in San Quentin from a violation, um, I was getting released from a violation in San Quentin in 2007. Or eight, something like that, and uh, right. they put me in a holding cell, a one man holding cell in a cage, while they get my property ready and everything, right? And in front of me, there's another cage like that. I mean, just a one man cell cage, and they put a in all in white. He was a gang member, straight up, and I knew he was a norteño, so he was. They put him in there, he's all shackled up, right? I'm all shackled up. And our in our two one-man cells are across each other because we're like six of them, three here and three in the front. So they, they, they put you separately, right? Right. So I'm in that fucking cell in the cage all so shackled up too. And uh Norteno, uh, he was a lifer. He says, like, hey man, what prison you going to? And then in my in me, I'm like, Man, this motherfucker trying to talk to me all cool. In my head, I'm still I still have hate for them. I'm like, fuck that shit, you know. But uh, I was like, yeah, I'm getting released. You know, I said it with pride, like, yeah, I'm getting released. And he told me, hey, um, you wanna trade spots? <laughs> I was like, nah, man. And he engaged me into a conversation, right? I was like, nah, man. I told him, where are you going? He's he, they were gonna send him to a High Desert. So I'm going to a High Desert, man. So I got no release date. I'm a lifer. Hmm. And I was like, oh man, that's fucked up. So he told, and then he looked at me, hey Gil. This is when I realized. That these vatos were victims just like we were in this gang life that he yeah. made mistakes in his life, that it was already too late for him to change. Yeah. But he told me, Gil, he told me, he looked at me. He told me, Hey, little homie, so don't come back. Get out, take care of your family. So take care of your family and don't come back. And I realized, I'm like, fuck, this motherfucker is speaking from his heart. Yeah. Like he's telling me something. And, and that, that day that I realized that, that I, that, um, when I had that awakening, it brought me to that day too. I'm like this other vato that was a Norteño was giving me this consejo. Estaba dando este consejo. And I started realizing, I started remembering all kinds of things, man. when I was in juvenile hall in the, in the ranch, they sent me to a camp and I, we would get visits on the weekends. Right. And, um. Your hepitos could bring up homemade food, right? right. And the norteños, their hepitos, they look exactly like mine. Yeah. Mexicanos, yeah. paisas. And I would see the norteños eating the same food I was eating. Yes, sir. Tortillas, pozole, menudo, enchiladas. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, these are my same people. And all that started sinking into me. Like wow. These bottles like, are rasta, just like we are. Yes, sir. You know? but they're just lost in this world, like we are. Yes, but we sir. Making a change, and all that started sinking in me while I was looking at the mirror. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing here, <laughs> man? I'm
0: fucking
1: <like>, this oh, shit." Yes, sir. But I knew I had to do it the right way. I, I, um, I stayed um active the whole time, my whole prison term. I was maintaining the main line. I went to Salinas Valley, and there was Nortenos there. And I said to myself, you know what? If something pops up, I'm gonna have to jump in, no matter what. You know, I yeah, can't, of course. I can't leave this shit while I'm in here. I have to write out my 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 term, write it out. Once I get out, then just start doing my my the things right when I get out. Right. And that's that's what I did, man. All that stuff started sinking into me, and um. I did, man. That, that was my awakening right there.
0: So, how old were you when you, when you, the last time you left prison? 29. 29. And what no, year was that? 20,
1: 28, 28.
0: And what year was that? 29,
1: something like that. 2000, 2010.
0: Okay. So, so in 2010, you get out, you're 28, 29. All you've known for the last 10, 10 plus years is your, years. Neighbor, your neighborhood, your gang. You pretty much put your, I mean, I'm, because your story is just like many of ours. You put your kids to the side. You put your wife to the side. It was all about the hood. How do you come out in your neighborhood now and start making that change?
1: So, yeah, I came out. I did 16 years for my neighborhood. Out of those 16 years, I did nine years locked up. Right. and That's in, including juvenile hall time, ranch time, county time, fed time, prison time. In, in in total, if you add it up, I did nine years
0: wow.
1: um, and incarcerated. And, uh, but gang banging in my barrio and everything, I did 16 years in total. So, um, yeah, I get, I got out of there. I got out of prison and, um, I just told the homies, Hey, ¿saben qué? um, I'm going to do a change in my life. And, um, I owe it to my family. I said, I owe it to my family, I owe it to myself. And I told them straight up and I told them straight up, Hey, for 16 years, I risked my life for the barrio for 16 years. I I did a time in prison. I fear no man. I told him, you guys know. I told him, but for 16 years, I also put my family to the side. Yeah. And I told him, it's time for me to make that change. That's right. So I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to do a, a, I'm going to live a righteous life from now on. Therefore, I will not participate in any criminal activity. And don't count on me for any of that shit, you know? And um, I started doing it right, man. I even started going to the church with my wife and the kids, got me a job, and started um, hanging around with uh, with the barrio. Para nada, zero. I knew that the only way I was going to be able to survive and become successful was to leave everything eh, todo completamente, and all the people I was hanging with. You cannot do that, hang out with with the same people <laughs> I try to be productive because it's going to get you sooner or later. And I seen it happen. I seen homies that had good jobs and they were doing good, but still try to gang bang or hang hang out with the homies. Next thing you know, they get locked up.
0: Yeah. You, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. Cause you eventually you're going to slip.
1: Yeah, you can't. And uh, that's what I did. I told him straight up what I was going to do. And uh, I let it all go behind.
0: How, how happy was your, how happy was your wife? When she finally saw the change in you.
1: Yeah, I mean, because my, my, my wife, my girlfriend, she was my girlfriend. Yes. Who I married to. My wife, with, with my three kids, I lost that. When I was paying oh. all that shit. okay. I, had, I had lost all that. You know, my three kids, I gained them back once I started doing, right, uh, nice. doing it right. Nice. You know, I gained my three kids and um, um my girlfriend. Which I was with when I was still gang banging, she wrote out this prison term with me. You know, she was strong, solid, and loyal, and, and she used to write me, send me um, money, and all that stuff. You know, and uh, and I, I used to tell her all my plans. Say, hey, when I get out, I'm gonna, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and this and that. And and she was like, "Me too, man." I I, I mean, she, cause she she be, she um, she grew up in a Christian home in a Christian family. Right. She started going all bad once she met me and started hanging around with me. <laughs> you
0: I were the mean, bad guy.
1: <laughs> I was the bad guy. But <laughs> for some reason, somehow she saw something good in me. Nice. You know, she saw, she saw something good in me and she held on to that. You know, as That's a matter right. of fact, when I got locked up <laughs> from for, for, um, for those weapons, I called her from the county. And I told her, hey, you know what? I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be gone for a while, a couple of years. Yastupa, go find yourself another guy. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, nah. We all do that. She's all like, nope, hell no. I'm gonna write it out with you. And I'm like, nah. I'm gonna be, I knew I was gonna be gone for like two, three years at least, three years at least, you know. And that's her nah, man. And um, she's like, nah, but I love you, this and that. Whoop to in my head, I was like, "Fuck that." She, she ain't gonna wait. A couple of months later, she's gonna write for me two, three months. Next thing you know, yes to yeah. She wrote out my whole person. That's right. For me. And uh, I, when I came out, she was the only one working. You know, when I came out, she had clothes for me. Uh, Tenia feria para mi. She had money saved up so we can buy a car, you know? And um, she helped me out a lot. She helped me out a lot. We lived in a, in a, in a, in a sala. We used to live in the, in the living room in my mom's house.
0: Oh, shit. All right.
1: Yeah, me and her. And, uh like, when I got me a job, I got me a little job right away. Well, not right away, like two or three months later, because it took me like two or three months to get me a job. And uh, once I got a job, we were able to rent a room. That's right. A room in her parents' house. And uh, my three kids that I had, and that's one thing, she helped me out with my three kids as well. And uh, we would bring them over to her house, and they would spend the night there. And uh, she helped me out with my three kids. And um, next thing you know, I get her pregnant, too, and we're doing good (laughs) Now she has three kids with me, so I have six in total. Wow.
0: Well, that's always that's always a sign of a great woman that would take your kids in and not not shine them off. There's some women that won't do that, but that's a great thing. So what what are you doing now, Guero?
1: So I got into the union. Yes. In 2000 and uh, late What union? Carpenter's union. union. Car- okay. Union. I got into the carpenter's union. I started from the bottom. I started a stocker scrapper. And, um,
0: like framing start, or is it or, or concrete stuff?
1: Framer, framer, okay, okay, carpets unit for the metal stud framing.
0: Oh, nice, okay,
1: yeah. So, started from the bottom and uh, the stocker scrapper, all I wanted to do is get in the union. Well, once I got got in there, I knew that I, I was gonna climb up the ladder because I had work in construction in, um in my teenage years. So, I used to go out with my, my when I used to get out of jail, juvenile hall. And I was going to Alpha Mall wood frame, and I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like building things, right? That's right. So when, I got, when I got a prison, I was like, hey, I, I know what I'm going to be good at, and I know what I'm going to enjoy. So I got into the Carpenters Union, and I became a metal stud framer eventually. And uh, I started doing my own side jobs. I know how to work with wood and with metal. So I started building decks, tree houses, fences. That's right. Uh, Anything that has to do with wood or metal stud framing, I get it done. That's and, right. Uh, I started connecting all these pe- connecting with all these people that know ele- electricity and plumbing, and I want to get jobs. And then next thing you know, I have plumbers working for me, electricians working for me, framers. And um, we were still living in that one room And my my saw so me and my me and my my wife. Right. So she became she became my wife. Once I came out of prison, I make like, a second. That's right, guy. you better, yeah, you better. <laughs> <laughs> You're staying with me, Shit. so uh, I kept you know. And uh, yeah, we've been married, we got married in 2011, you uh, know, like about nine or ten, in, uh, 2010, May 2010, I believe. And uh, right on, on uh, June 2011. And uh, that's
0: right. So, so how many how many years were you just doing the regular thing in the union and started stepping up? Because I heard now you're doing pretty damn well for yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, even when I was a stocker scrapper. I was already doing side jobs. So and uh, I mean, I climbed up the ladder quick uh, on the construction business. Rapido. And me and my wife, we stayed living in her parents room. We're only paying 300 bucks for rent. You know, right. in her parents room for that room and uh we had a plan we had a vision that's we right said, hey i have enough money for us to go and rent an apartment but we're gonna spend like uh two twenty five hundred a month i told her let's keep these 300 bucks of rent that we're giving to your parents we started giving them more i would pay more right. even extra we ended up helping the parents a lot too and right. we still do but um well, I well, i told her hey we're like three years we're gonna live in this room. Wow, we're gonna stack up our chips.
0: Wow, our chips. that's stack right. Them
1: stack them up. That's I'm right. Working uh, six days a week, um fifteen hours a day, and, and a lot of them were, a lot of those hours were already in the house doing emails, phone calls with the people okay. that my work and uh, the the owners of the houses. Getting k- 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 what kind of design they wanted on deck, whatever you know. So I'm hustling chips, man. I'm making like uh like five thousand dollars a week.
0: Shit, I'm that's money. That's right.
1: We're stacking them up, stacking them up, stacking them up until we could get a down payment. So a big once one. Once I have 200 G's. Oh, man. Finish, boom. We go and buy our first property. I bought my Fucking first a, for, um, 320 grand. I bought my first offer for 320 grand.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. And, and that was in 2012 uh, and when I bought it for 20, 320 grand. And guess how much it's worth right now, Gil?
0: Uh, right now, it's probably about six fifty. dollars yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 got up quite a bit on me. Yeah, eight hundred and seventy, right
1: now. That's uh, worth, and I bought it for three
0: twenty. Then- That's right, brother. So, so, I want to get a little bit more into the um, into a couple of questions with the with the Norteno guys, right? Um, right. Would you see Nortenos having also paisas in their neighborhoods?
1: Uh, no, not, not at the beginning. And not I haven't seen them at all. Well, not at the beginning, nor at, at my ending in 2010. Right. And, and, well, now I'm not out there in the streets. I don't see them that much anymore. But I right. haven't seen any Paisa Norteños that, not in San Jose, where I know there's a lot is in Watsonville. I know there's a lot, oh. they even call me Churacan 14, I believe, or something like that. <laughs> really. Not in San Jose.
0: Now, are you still staying in San Jose yourself?
1: I just moved out of San Jose six months ago.
0: But you live you live up north still, or no?
1: Yes, up north still. I'm a one hour and fifty minutes from San Jose, but I live all the time with uh huh.
0: So even even now to this day, would you still say? Uh, I mean, North California is your hometown. Yes. Now, yes. Well, now how do you? How do you view now, now that you're a family man, you went through all this stuff where you hated these, these guys who call themselves Norteños, you were calling yourself Sureños, how do you see them now as an adult and after going through all that fighting with them?
1: Well, I met a lot of them now, and even in the construction business. I met a lot of them out in the construction business, and um, the ones I've met, they're trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do, provide for the family. And and I talk to them, and they're exactly the same like like me. They're exactly like the same as my homeboys. Now they're just trying to 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 provide for their family. That's and, right. And um, I mean, I don't see them different anymore. I don't see them different at all. I don't have hate for them at all. Whatever conflicts I had with them, I left them all in the past. You know, and um, I'm about promoting the peace. I mean, I I love it when I see a uh Norteño at work and i can talk to
0: him and have that's you, right homie that's you know, right
1: talk hell yeah talk your stuff, you know?
0: yeah for sure brother no but the thing i hear though a lot and i hear this from from the from norteños right with the ones who just don't want to make peace because they'll, they'll say this this is their argument they say you guys don't know what it is because we fight with them on the street then we fight with them in prison. There's no, there's no peace. But now that's changed up in prison. We won't really get into it. And my thing is, I tell them it's a gang thing. It's you guys just see it more and say, "Oh, it's a north." It's a gang thing because, because when I hear some northerners say, "Is there earthquake happening?" when when I, when I hear some when I hear some northerners say, we. There, I got no beef with true Southsiders down south, but these guys up here are in scraps or some shit. I'm like, nah, dude, that doesn't make any sense. That's like me saying, Oh, I want to make peace with this barrio, but with this vario, I don't like him. I'm not gonna make peace. So, do, do you think there's gonna be hopefully a little bit more of awakening where we can finally start coming together and get that that monkey off our back?
1: Hopefully there is. And um the as the days pass by, I see more and more of that movement getting pushed. On putting all that shit to the side, right? I gotta let it go, cause the nortenos they have a lot of hate because we dropped a lot, a lot of their bodies, you know. Right. But at the same time, they have dropped a lot of our bodies too. A lot of our homeboys died, and I mean, I I can't live pissed off at the nortenos because they killed my homeboy Wicked in two thousand and nine. Right. You no, know? I gotta let that shit go. That yes, shit sir happened cause we were living in that mentality. Yes, in sir. That fantasy, in, the, in a world of fantasy that brought real consequences. Yes, sir. So if I still continue to live on that hate, that something that happened in 2009, I'm never gonna have peace with them. But I gotta let that shit go. And to me, it's very important that there's peace, because if I still continue to promote hate, like fuck these motherfuckers, they'll kill. But they killed my homeboy Wicked, so they going right. to die. You know. If I just yes. keep promoting that shit, the ones that are going to have to deal with it and go through it is my kids, yes. my grandkids, yes. Yes. my little sobrinos, Yes, rodinos, all yes of them, sir. you know? So the more I push the issue to promote peace, raza unida, somos la misma gente, let's get together and let's get stronger, you know? The better it's going to be for my kids, for my nephews or my... Uh, my family members, my generation, is coming you're,
0: on after me. You're kinfolk, huh? yeah, you're kinfolk, and that, and that's the thing. I ask people, like when sometimes I talk to somebody about making peace with certain neighborhoods, nah, hell, no. Nah. Like I'll be like, 8 hey, fool, you going you want to send your kids to that war? No?" I said, "Then why would you promote that war? It's 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 something that we've all lost." And and one thing I like to always kind of bring up is, uh, Japan and the United States. Japan, I want to say, did Pearl Harbor? They bombed us. We went over there and dropped a nuke on them. If we can, if those two countries came together, forgave each other, that's what generals and that's what they do. People go to war, people die. It's, it's horrible, but is it, should we keep on dying just so we can admit that we were wrong? Cause that's what it seems like to me. It's like, we don't want to admit, Hey dude, we were wrong for the last 50 years fighting one another and we need to stop fighting one another in order to get ahead.
1: Exactly. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, hopefully it happens, uh, up here, up North and, uh, I mean, the more and more, like I said, the more the days pass by, I see a lot of people pushing that movement. I see a lot of minds changing. Uh, even uh, some of the people that I talk to, some of my homeboys and primos, because I have, I have sobrinos and primos nowadays. Some of them are sureños and some of them are norteños. Oh, wow. and, uh, <laughs> yeah, now even my family have norteños, you know, even sureños. And uh, before, before no, we didn't. But I talk to them and, and I tell them, hey, man... I, no vale la pena and i tell them i tell them all the time check it out man especially up here north check it right. out one of the things to me when i used to gangbang in the 90s was i knew that my enemy out here was still going to be my enemy in prison right right yeah and but now you're still going to gang bang up here north up north you either a norteño or sureno is going to kill one or the other just to go to prison so the older homies can (laughs) tell them you have to have peace yep so why not have that peace out here before you even go to prison
0: yes sir when you can have that peace
1: while you're out here and enjoy life why are you gonna go take out somebody just to go in there and have peace you know so just have that peace out here start it from out here you know what i mean
0: yeah it, it start it starts in the home is what it is it's it's something that's been and I saw it in my neighborhood I'm sure you saw it in your neighborhood every everybody who's on here who's been in any, any kind of neighborhood for the last 10 20 years it's us raising our kids to hate the other side and whether where the the other side is north where the other side is south or the other side is this barrio, next block it doesn't it doesn't matter we we teach our kids not now, but our generations, we did. We taught our kids. We taught our nephews. We taught our, 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 our kids to hate the other barrios just because they're from that barrio. But just like right. we did that, now we got to teach them, hey, dude, we were wrong. We raise them right. And I think I think that's the way we get out of this thing, man.
1: Exactly, man. Like you said, it all starts in the home. And, and that's exactly where I started. I started with my kids. You know, my my, my oldest son, he's a United States Marine. Uh, he's in, that's he's right, in the, brother. Congrats. Yeah, gracias. He's in Japan right now. He's uh 21 years old and uh, I started talking talking to him once he was because when I came out of prison he was eight years old, right? And uh, I started I started in my home. I started telling him the truth. I told him, you know what? I was in prison because I made these stupid mistakes. I believe yes, this sir. stupid thought. I used to believe this and I used to truly think I was defending something, but it was all a lie. And I told yeah, him all dude. the consequences I paid. And I told I, him, you I feel- guys, want to live that life? Uh huh.
0: Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And I told him, if you guys want to live that life, uh, in prison and pay consequences, then go ahead and make bad choices. Yes. But I'm telling you as yes. an experienced man that already made them, there's a different way. And I started teaching them differently, you know? So, um, my oldest son, like I said, he's a United States Marine. He has a plan, a, a vision. And, uh, and I started in my house, you know, my, my all my kids, I, I tell them about gangs and how bad they are. And, how much of a waste of time they are, you know, and that at the end of the day, you don't gain nothing. You don't win nothing. Hey, Gil, I gang banked for 16 years. I risked my life 16 years. I tried to show my homies how down I was. And at the end of the day, the only price I got was jail time, was Mm -hmm. the tears of my jefita. Yes, sir. Yes, sir day, night, and night, you know, always worried. She had a blood spasm or uh, uh, something oh, that her head blew up and she ended up in the hospital because the medical, me and my brothers would give her, right? Because I have two other brothers too. They're doing very good as, as well. But um, I had a brother from Surreño uh, too, from a different barrio. Right. He used to be a heroin addict as well. And all we did was bring uh, pain and tears to our family. Yes. And that's all we did. We, Nothing that I can gain or that I can show right now that I said that I can say I gained this from gangbanging. I want these medals. I I I I built this house. Yeah, there's nothing that I can prove that's good that I gained from gangbanging. Nothing at all.
0: Yeah, brother, and I and I think for a lot of homies, Weddle, that's a hard pill to swallow. It really is because after you go for 16 years, some guy imagine if that night when you went to that Cinco de Mayo thing, imagine that night you would have took somebody's life and you would have eventually woke up in prison and said, what am I doing here? But you would have had no nowhere to go. You would have been stuck yeah. with the life sentence. And that happened so many times. That's why you get a lot of the lifers in there that know what that ultimate price is the rest of your life. And they're telling the young guys, hey, dude, go out and stay out, man. It, 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 yeah. It's a tough pill to swallow, man. And I want to thank you for coming on, Widow. If uh, any of you guys in the comment section want to ask something real quick, we'll we'll stay on for a little bit. I'll uh let me see. I'm gonna to try to put this phone number up there if somebody wants to call. if they don't call, they don't call, man. Let's see what you got, Playboys. But it's, uh, a, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, it's it's a great story that needs to be heard. And I hope more guys come out and start telling their stories like you, because that's what the youth needs to see. The youth needs to see guys like you. That went through that whole thing, believed it just like they do, and to finally come out and say, I gain nothing. Because you don't, you go to every single hood, every single hood's getting smaller. There's no hood getting bigger right now. Gentrification's taking over, no barrio is getting bigger. I hate to break the news to you guys. And the in the retirement plan is horrible, homeboy. See what we got.
1: Yeah, man. So
0: Saludos American show, supporting all the way. Well, that's what we're doing. So wh- what we're gonna do here, real quick, we're gonna end this thing, Widow. I wanna give you the last the last talking points. Go ahead, baby. It's all you.
1: Yeah, well, mas que nada, gracias for that opportunity to be able to use your platform to to share this message to, to especially to the youngsters, the ones that are already starting to um, think it's a beautiful thing to gangbang. It's not, man. It's not. It's not at all. It's uh, At at one point, I was willing to give my life for my barrio. I was willing to um, do life in prison. And I really thought it was worth it at the moment, you know? But I was just lost in that mentality. I was just stuck in that ego. I was just stuck in that little thing where I wanted to show these group of people that were trying to oppress us that that they were fucking with the wrong motherfuckers, you know? And I got stuck on that, on that pride, on that ego. You know, but that's one thing that that if we learn to let go, that pride and that ego, we're going to be able to accomplish things that we will really be proud of, you know, to be able to um, uh, make our wife happy, our jepitas happy. Sure. que mi tu jefita diga ah qué bueno mijo que haces un buen trabajo estoy orgullosa de ti yes hombre yes that, yes yeah, yes those are the things that I hear from my mom now like qué bueno mijo que estás dando tu mensaje you know que me da mucho gusto mijo en algunas ciudades jefitas duda you know from the South right. from the upstate South from the that's Uyghur, right that's right hombre I got everywhere man that's you right know, brother promote that message and white tears away from the jefitas, man they're the ones that suffer that's they're right brother That suffer the most out of all this gang banging nuestro pinche machismo to go, go and shoot another that's just like us and rasa that's right they brother another jefita cried we left kids without uh, a dad and our jefitas are crying cuz we're locked up that's
0: There's right no hom- be
1: proud of that you can't be proud of that at all so if you want to be a righteous man if you want to do something proud for your family, get yourself a good job. Um, Man. Go and rent your own apartment. If you can't buy a house, that's it's all good. Rent your own little place that you can call your place. That's take right. Your, homie. you're high enough for a walk in the beach, you know, uh, take her to McDonald's. Take your kids to McDonald's or somewhere, you know. Enjoy life.
0: Enjoy life, my huh, boy? That's well, it. With that, there you go, baby. That's some great stuff. Mr. Weddle, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Playboy. I want to thank you guys for coming in, tuning in. If I, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, Weddle, for an interview, how do they get a hold of you? Because I was looking for you for like three months, fool.
1: Yeah, man. Um, if they get a hold of you, you got my personal number or and yeah. my email, they can send me an email to Salazar underscore one 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 two at yahoo.com. Once again, it's uh Salazar, underscore one 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 two at yahoo.com
0: man i i appreciate you coming through i appreciate you guys tapping in We'll stay on we'll talk for a little bit you guys you guys have a great night subscribe if you like and don't if you don't there you go play boys all right let's end this video.